Welcome to the Toss Mills Odoi Macarius podcast. Toss Mills Odoi is an apostle, teacher, and a sought-after speaker in international Christian leadership conferences. He is a son of Bishop Daguerre Mills, who is the founder of the United Denominations and a best-selling author. With over 20 years' experience in church planting around the world and in the training and sending of missionaries, Apostle Toss currently serves at the Makaras Church Teshi in Accra, Ghana, a vibrant church seeking to win the lost at all cost. He is also a director in the Daguerre Mills Ministries. Now, listen to Toss Mills Odoi. Let us pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you. We thank you that even though we don't see you, you are real. We thank you that even though you choose not to show yourself to us, your influence is unmistakable. We thank you that even though you are not physically perceived, to those who receive you, you are more real than the clothes that we wear. You are more real than the cars that we drive. Your participation in our lives is more true than even the microphones we hold to preach. Therefore, we submit ourselves to you. Holy Spirit, we renew our faith and our belief and our confidence in you. Tonight, I pray for the few words that I will share here. Oh, God, Holy Spirit, please breathe on the words that I speak, that they may be filled with your power to drive us and to enable this church and to give Prophet Alex the strength the force, the wisdom, understanding to establish 1,000 branches. Yeah. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, a man can do nothing except they be given to him from above. Without you, we are nothing. But with you, we are everything. I thank you that your perfect will is done. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Put your hands together as you take your seats. Prophet Alex, thank you so much for allowing me to come the third day. You can imagine that if the second day is a great privilege, then the third day means that I've broken through. <laughs> can you increase the volume on the mic for me? I'm sure you don't pay to increase the volume, so be generous. Amen. Father Alex, I want to thank you for everything. For everything. May heaven reward you. Amen. You see, you see, the Bible says that whatsoever a man sows, that shall he reap. 
often, often, when people see the people who work for me, the devotion they have to me, the obedience they have for me, the love they have for me. Many people have told me, many bishops, many pastors, internal, in lighthouse, out of lighthouse, the common thing I hear is, I have some of the best people working for me. But you see, but you see, if you are discerning, if you are perspective, you will, you will know that, or I, or I can see that the seeds of loyalty I've been sowing in my relationship with Bishop Dag, I've also reaped it. Amen. In having a crop of, look, you know, it may sound offensive to you, but I have people who work for me, not, and not even full-time lay, that if need be, if, if need be, they may even die for me. Oh, it's true. If need be. I'm not Bishop Dag, but if need be. I have people who, it is not like they are even full-time that I pay them. But their devotion, they are even, I can sense that if really I needed them to die for me, they may die for me. Why am I telling you this? I'm telling you this to say that, you see, when you hear the teaching on loyalty, never think it is for Bishop Alex so that you won't insult and like The reason why it's good to be loyal is that so that you won't insult Bishop Alex or so that you give him money or like loyalty is good so that his church will become like more people will come to the church and then he will look like a great man of God or that like when we are loyal then it means that you have like let's say 6,000 people in the church who don't insult him and then he will be happy. a man of God, you should, I mean, you should, you should understand that many people will be insulting you and you, and you will not know. And so you're not insulting him. It's not even likely he will hear because when you see him, you only smile. Uh-huh. So loyalty is not really something that is for the benefit of the head pastor. And Numbers chapter 12, and Miriam, and Miriam and Aaron criticized Moses. And the Lord heard it. Moses didn't hear it. And the Bible says they criticized him because of the Canaanitish, uh, the Ethiopian woman he had married. At the time they were discussing Moses and criticizing him, Moses was at home with the so-called sin. And God wasn't angry with Moses for sinning. Because Moses, it's Moses who brought the law that God said Israelites should only marry Israelites and should not marry women from other countries. It's Moses who brought the law. Yet Moses went to marry an Ethiopian woman. When Moses saw the black beauty, he couldn't resist. And he went to marry her. And God didn't seem to mind or be angry with Moses. Moses married him. Moses married her. The Ethiopian woman, she was dark and lovely. Yeah. But 
Miriam and Aaron were criticizing Moses. And the Bible says that God didn't speak to Miriam and Aaron. He went to speak to Moses and said, call Miriam and Aaron to come to the tabernacle. You may even be surprised that at the time that God told Moses to call Miriam and Aaron, that Ethiopian woman they thought was a sin was on top of Moses. It's true. And God didn't seem to even, God didn't seem to even bother. Yes. And the Bible says that, and the Bible says that, and the Bible says that, pray the Virgin leader, why? About, but you are married, doesn't your, anyway. <laughs> Let me continue my preaching. Let me continue my preaching. Let me, Listen. Bible says that God told Moses, call Miriam and Aaron to come to the tabernacle. And the Bible says they went. And the Bible says that, and the cloud of the Lord stood at the door of the tabernacle. And God told Miriam and Aaron, how were you not afraid to speak about the sin of your pastor? And the Bible says, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against Miriam and Aaron. And behold, Miriam was leprous, white as snow. <coughs> Be careful when you talk about the sin of your pastor. It is none of your business. Because the Bible says, who art thou <coughs> that judges another man's servant to his own master? He stands or falls, and God is able to make him stand. You see, the difference between God and human beings is human beings want you to fall, but God wants you to stand. (coughs) When it comes to loyalty, the Bible says, now Aaron went to tell Moses to pray for Miriam to be healed. The one that he said is a sinner is now your intercessor. Loyalty is not for the benefit of the pastor. You can never dethrone somebody God has given a throne to. Loyalty is not for the sake of the pastor. Loyalty is not even for the sake of the church. Because it is Jesus who is building his church. Loyalty is for your sake so you don't destroy yourself. Tonight, I want to share with you about a culture of allegiance. How to develop a culture of allegiance. Because, you know, like your prophet said that the first day, I told him to start branches. I was praying for the service. And at 2.03 in the afternoon, I had like a vision. And the vision, I saw the map of Ghana. And then I felt, I saw the district capitals. And then I heard the voice of God that I should tell Prophet Ali that his new vision should be to start branches in every district capital of Ghana. And you see, it will prolong his life. It will prolong the life of this church. It will expand the life of this church. It will, look, everything about this church will change. 
You see, and let me tell you something about serving God. The Bible says that when you see, because Prophet, Prophet Alex is not going to go to Dunkwa and Bali and all the district capitals. Some of you who are, who, who are the branch pastors in Ghana? Bishop Sam in charge of uh, Dawaja Cathedral, whatever. He was the follow-up uh, director at the headquarters. He's now a bishop in charge of a denomination. Bishop in Tefo was a teachers and like new believer school. He's now the convener and whatever, uh, the bishop at Ofako, whatever he's doing. Bishop Sam, a bishop Steve Asari, bishop, they were all in the church, just like you guys were in the church. But there was more in them that had not come out. So many of you here are the ones who are going to become the branch pastors. Without you being loyal, it will not work. And you know, let me, let me say something before I continue. When you start doing the work of God and you start prospering, you will be tempted to rebel, especially when you start seeing money. At the beginning of ministry when things are difficult, your loyalty to prophet will be absolute because you need him. Then when the ministry begins to flourish, the ministry begins to grow, rich people begin to come. Because once you are faithful, God will bless you. And God will bless the ministry because that's his work he's doing. When you start seeing money, then you'll be tempted to rebel. That's your greatest mistake. Like these guys, you take somebody like Uko Mensa. He was nothing in the church. Nothing. He was just a jester that when we have pastors, party, uh, pastors fellowship, he cracks jokes to make us laugh. He's nothing. I'm saying it to the camera. Maybe you don't know him. I know him. It's nothing. But you see, if you're a father, a father recognizes potential in somebody and then when you recognize the potential, then you carve the person into something. Okomensa didn't know how to hold a microphone. I didn't say preach. I said hold microphone. It's Bishop Saki who taught him how to hold a microphone. And he himself said, I wasn't there. It is he who said it, that Bishop Saki taught him how to hold a microphone. He didn't know. That prayer clinic you saw him doing. He had never led prayer. He doesn't know how to lead prayer. He's, look, for about three months, every Thursday to Saturday, the Kodesh pastors would go to Mount Pong for a retreat where Bishop Saki would teach them their work. Bishop Saki taught Okomensa how to lead a prayer meeting. And when Okomensa started, he said, you did long prayer. Bishop Saki, no. You don't lead prayer like that. Though. They'll sleep. They won't come. So lead short prayer meeting. So lead prayer. Then you sing. Then you pray. Then you sing. That's how to have prayer meeting. The Okomensa will pray. Then you sing. Bishop Saki, no. The prayer is too long. And they say, he was taught details, step by step by step. And then as he was implementing the ideas of super successful pastors, it looks like you are the one succeeding, but you are not the one succeeding. It's the knowledge that has been given to you that is succeeding. The Bible says, by wisdom is a house built, by understanding it is established, and by knowledge it is that Not you working. It's the wisdom that has been given to you that is working. The understanding that has been given to you is working. The knowledge is not you. Any idiot who follow the same wisdom understanding and knowledge will achieve the same result because there's nothing you understand. Not you. Not you. 
That's why the books of Bishop died. Any idiot under the sun who follows those teachings succeeds. Not you. But, as it's with children of Lucifer, the success gets into your head that it is you doing the works. But Jesus said, the father who is in me, he doeth the works. Not you. Bible says, it is not by your might. It is not by your power. It is by the spirit. So it is not you. Jesus said, I am building my church. It just so happens that you have made yourself available. But it's me, Jesus, building my church through you. So that's why when you are not a loyal person, you always get destroyed because the opposite of loyalty it is loyalty. The opposite of the, or the similarity of loyalty is Jesus. Similarity of this loyalty is Lucifer. So when you are not Jesus, you are Lucifer. When you are not guided by Jesus, you are guided by Lucifer. These, these are the two options. That's why everybody... So the same as when Lucifer rebelled. <laughs> he said, I will ascend. I will lift myself up. I will set my throne in the sides of the north. God said, I will bring you down. Bible says, and Lucifer was cast. Now, any new believer who understands his authority can cast out Lucifer. But I promise, when Lucifer was the archangel, um, there were three archangels, Lucifer, M Michael, Gabriel. You don't know Lucifer well. He was the best of the best of the best at the top. Then he rebelled and fell. Now, any new believer can cast him out. And that's why you see anybody who rebels and becomes an orangu, you see new, new believers insulting him. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. You become, now, do you know one of the most beautiful names in the Bible is Absalom? It's one of the most beautiful names. It means praise. It's, see, it's like praises of God. That's the name of Absalom. But the person or somebody who was called Absalom and how he behaved, now that name is now like a bad name. Do you know one of the very bad names in the Bible? Mary. Mary. <laughs> it is from the Hebrew word Mara, which means bitter. But because of the mother of Jesus, who was called Mary, who exhibited such good virtue, that bad name had become good. By your behavior, how will your name become? By your behavior, how will your name become? Because as you start branches, you will see what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. See, based on our experience, there's a program like this. A branch pastor doesn't come it will be a big problem. It will be a big problem. We will not overlook it because it means there is an independent spirit trying to rise up from somewhere because we are all gathered together. Why are you not here? What are you doing? Who are you with? What is your reason? Why have you absented yourself? When every, look, it was a two-day program, so I'm sure all of you here had some program you had already planned for Wednesday. But everybody here has had to make some adjustments to come. Why is it that you 
you are not able to make an adjustment. Let me tell you an eternal principle of life. Anything you want to do, you do it. Anything you don't want to do, you make an excuse for it. Every excuse is a lie. Look, you, you didn't want to go for a funeral. You di- didn't want to go. When they asked you why you didn't go, you said you had a headache. It is true, you had a headache. But before the headache came, you had already planned not to go. Yes. <coughs> Plus, there are many people at that funeral who have headaches. Yes. So that your headache is, is just a lie. Every excuse is a lie. Yes. <coughs> Bible says, when a prophecy comes, the only way it will come to pass is when you war a good warfare with the words of prophecy. Prophet, you fight. The day you came to see me, there was another pastor who came before. Ah, remember the pastor was in the... Ah, he had started a building project. He was supposed to be in my office for 30 minutes, was in my office for two hours. <laughs> because the builder he's using wants to do his own thing. And you know, that pastor is a nice pastor. So at the point I told him, sack him. Sack him. If you don't sack him, you won't have peace. And by the time you finish the building, every time you walk into the building, your soul will reject it. Because everybody is following a picture. Everybody is following a picture. The way your marriage is, is based on a picture of marriage you are following. The way your business is, is based on a picture. The way you are dressed tonight, it is in your mind before you dress. Oh, yes. Everybody's following a picture. And I told them that the church building you are building, you, the visionary, there's a picture in your mind of how you want it to look like when it is completed. This architect, you are telling me, hey, Apostle, when I tell him to do something, you say it cannot be done. Then I said, take him to Makane Cathedral. It's completed. Go and show him. You see what they've done? This is what I want. Then he said, Apostle, I've taken him there several times. Then I said, so you are telling me that when you show him what somebody has done, he says that he, it cannot be done. I asked him, what you are telling me, does it make sense to you? <laughs> that what they have done is completed, is there. When you show it to him, the measurement, everything, he says that this measurement cannot be done. I told the pastor, you develop hypertension early. I told him, you don't need an architect to build. You need somebody who will obey you to build. You don't need an architect. You need somebody who will obey you and the mason. These are the two people you need. You go and tell the person, 12 feet from the ground, that's all. Then you go home and go and pray. Yes. You see, and that's what's there. Then you sit down, then you do it like this. I told him, Pastor, the fighting you are experiencing, Bishop Dak has been fighting it for 30 years old. It's a, the only thing is, it is now your turn. There's no other way. If you are not ready to fight, then accept everything they do and don't complain. When the day they flip and you enter, you say, What is. <laughs> Yes, I told him. I told him that the stress you are experiencing, 
that's how it is. There's, there's no other way. I'm saying that probably as you start branches, uh, the uh, branch passage from Tetegu, have they come? Are they here? Stand up. Tetegu branch pastor. Is, is he here? Huh? Are you the head pastor? No, ans- please answer. Eh? Okay. Are you the pastor for Kaswa? Are you the one in charge? They say yes. And you are Medina. And, and which other branch is there? Ah, South Africa is here. And then where else in Ghana? Is there Accra ones I want? Yeah? I get the two of you. Ah. God, Prophet mentioned Tetegu the other day. I'm looking for, I mean, so I thought I was a Tetegu pastor. You see, but as you start, like you, I don't know why every time I see you, I see Osu branch. I don't know why. Yeah. Listen. I am not saying you should be sent to Osu. I say I don't know why. You see? Eh, what? How do you know? Ah. Sit down. You see? Listen. Listen. The reason why I want to share with you very briefly tonight about a culture of allegiance, a culture of loyalty, is because without that, Nothing can work. Nothing can work. It is like a marriage without loyalty. Because ministry is like marriage. We work together. We relate together. We are physically together. We quarrel. We make up. We get hurt. We forgive. But we are together. And the Bible says that we should be married to another. Even Jesus Christ that we should bear forth much fruit. So you see, if you are in this church, you should see yourself as you are maritally committed to this church. Maritally. Maritally means, Charlie, till death do us part. That's all. If they send you to a branch, it doesn't mean you've been sacked. You are still a part of this. Ah. One, as Bishop started First Love Church, one day somebody was saying something, they said, oh, we are first love. You are, and I told the that me, I am more first love than you. <laughs> I'm more first love than you who is in first love. Yeah. We are one. The, the, the fact that your name is first love, and you, that doesn't mean now we are different. I, thought, I am more first love than you. <laughs> yes. When you are saying to start a branch, you are so connected. In the same way as the toe is not the arm, but it's connected. You check your muscles. There are muscles from the arm to the... If you like, pull your toe on your right, you see that you immediately move your left um, finger. Everywhere is linked to everywhere. Otherwise, why should you hit your toe and then you feel it in your head? Why? It is connected. Your physical location has nothing to do with your connection. Wherever you are, you are so connected. Fully. If you like, 
Let me catch you on your faith and see whether you can easily work with your hands. You see that everything is affected by it. Yes. And everywhere in the world where there's wisdom, there's a coming together. It's in Africa that we are very powerful. So we are not going apart. Yes. Africa, we are very powerful. The only continent that is becoming poorer as the years go by. Very powerful continent. Yes. A culture of allegiance. Number one, how to develop a culture of allegiance. Are you happy you came to church? Number one, the key of the north wind. Proverbs 25, 23. The key of the north wind. <coughs> you know, the first thing I want to say before I continue, is, or I want to make a point before I continue. He had a church where nobody feels happy to make a negative comment about the church or the pastor. You will be afraid of making a negative comment. You know that your negative comment will not be welcomed or received well. That's loyalty. That even in your house, your office, nobody can make a negative comment about your father once you are there. If you are not there, yes, but once you are there, no. Proverbs 25, 23. As the north wind drives away rain, so does an angry countenance, your face, drive away a backbiting tongue. It tells you the importance of your face. You see, and that's why like yesterday I was telling you, as I'm preaching, I'm looking at your faces. And because the church is open, I can see right there, I'm looking at everybody's face. Everybody's face. I mean, and that's why I could tell you that the lady in black from the first day, it was not just yesterday I noticed it. Too. The first day, always with a smile, always nodding, smiling. I mean, I could tell. And, see, and I took notes. Because I'm looking at your face because your, because your face sends a message. A face speaks. You know, there are even people called body language experts. Hey, those guys sometimes, I don't know even whether they are lying or they are telling the truth. Everything they say, it has a meaning. They say, I was walking with his fingers pointed forward. It means, that. hey, so now we can't do this again and be free. Like, you can't freely do this. Like, as you were walking, you were just, no, said, no it means he's nervous and, hey! Shall I? They said they were walking, they held hands. We all know that, that holding hands means love or their love. But they no, no, no. This particular holding hands, it means they are nervous and are trying to do a public show. Hey! People have gone deep. One day I read a documentary, um, I know, like a uh, series on, on how to catch a liar. Eesh. I think it's called li a Liars or Lies or something. When he spoke, the muscles on the face he did like this. Hey! Charlie, everything means everything. And that's what the Bible is saying. That an angry countenance, it communicates 
that what you are saying, I don't like it. So as I'm preaching, and I see your face straight, I've interpreted that you don't like what I'm saying. And why don't you like what I'm saying? Usually because it applies to you. I'll give you an example. Like yesterday as I was, yesterday as I was talking about the people who don't pay tithe correctly. I was intentionally scanning through the crowd. It's true. Your wife, does she count money in church? What does she do? You see, but as I was making that point, she was sort of shaking her head. I saw it. So, sort of, so, that, so that's why I'm asking you that, that she can, because maybe like she has facts. <laughs> because, 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 as I was making that point of people who earn 8,000, but they don't pay, they pay something. She was smiling and nodding like, yes, it's true. Yes, it's true. Yes, it's true. Some other people, I, it's a husband. Oh! You, you people are driving for my preaching. <laughs> Listen, but I'm saying that as I was making that point, she was smiling, not the like, but other people's faces were very angry. I can't look, even as I said, I can point out to the people whose faces were angry. I took notes. You see, based on my experience, years of experience, I took notes. I took note. Oh, yes. Don't take faces for granted. You see, I'll give you two people who took faces for granted and died for taking faces for granted. Number one, Abel. The Bible says that and Cain's countenance changed. <laughs> Yet, the man whose countenance changed invited his brother to the field and he followed him. When somebody's countenance towards you has changed and he, and he invites you somewhere, don't go. Don't go. Don't go. <laughs> yes. Somebody who has been cheerful with you, laughing at you, joking with you, friendly with you, his countenance has changed. Be careful. Second person. I'm not. Absalom's countenance towards Amnon also changed. And he spake neither good nor evil to him two years. Your brother doesn't talk to you for two years, then he invites you to a party in his house and you go? Huh. That is why God told Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 1, said, Jeremiah, be not afraid of their faces. A face speaks volumes. Hmm. Yes. When Nehemiah went into the presence of the king, and the Bible says that, and the king observed his countenance and said, Nehemiah, what is wrong? And Nehemiah himself said that, because I had hitherto not been sad in his presence. So faith is important. Yes. Never take faith. So use your faith to fight. Orangus. Mm. Tell Orangus. One day I was talking to some orangus and I said, look at my face well. You won't like me. Look at my face well. You won't like me. 
Yes. I said, I'll put Bishop Dag behind me. I, I am the one you will meet. Not Bishop Dag, me. The one you meet. Look at my face well. You know me. Use your face to fight. Look, you are fighting for your church. You are fighting for the salvation of souls. You see, the Bible says that, for I know that when I am departed from you, angry wolves shall come amongst you. Who shall not spare the flock? Your face, you, you used to fight for the sake of the church. That the church should grow and do well. Because you see, when the church is in its small stage, you are just starting a branch, it can be crushed. But that same branch, if it's allowed to grow and it gets big, Oh, you cannot do anything to it. It will be too mighty. Like Lighthouse Chapel now. Like Bishop Dyke, who knows now. He's too mighty. When Rollins came to attack, now Rollins is dead and he's alive. But Rollins came, when Rollins was Rollins, he came to attack the church. Even before elections, it was in 1998, it was still Chairman Rollins. They came to break down the walls of Kaligono. What the government of Ghana saw, Rollins lost the elections. PNDC that become NDC, they lost the elections. Christianity in Ghana rose up, at that time Christianity was more spiritual, rose up against the government. Yes. When a church grows and becomes mega and mighty, even the government cannot fight against it. But in this small state, oh, you can just close it down easily. So fight for your church. Fight for Orangus. You see, the thing about the devil is, He's on the Karikari Park. As we are preaching about branches, eh, going out, save souls in Osu, save souls in Tetegu, save souls. Say, hey, those are my people they are, pra- they are planning to go and save. Oh, I'll meet them soon. Fight with your face. Somebody comes after and say, ah, but this branch idea, don't you think it will let the headquarters numbers reduce? Did you? How did he say? He said, oh, nothing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because 100% people will disagree with what I'm saying. 100%. I didn't just start this way. See? This branches thing, don't you think it will affect attendance? Because haven't you seen that these days, attendance has even dropped their bet? So if some of the people are sent, it will affect attendance, you know, in Lighthouse, they are different. In Lighthouse, they have been doing it for a long time. So they know how to do it. Do it. And every pastor has his own grace. You see, but maybe this is not her grace. So if you go and follow Bishop, that, that's his grace and what God uses him for. But maybe for us, let us stick with what we know. Then what if you say? Eh? You say, oh, I was just saying that... Uh, <laughs> Use your face. And Bishop was saying that one day he went for a Christian program and the pastor took a second offering. He has not seen some before. And when the pastor took the second he turned to a lady sitting by him and said, why, why is he taking the second offering? He said, the girl gave him a certain faith. Look, if you've seen one before and you never forget it. <laughs> Up to today, he talks about it. You see, and some of you, especially those of you who are the leaders, you should, you should have faces. For orangus and disloyal people and people who fight the vision so that your church can have because you know this vision that God gave me from I tell you is going to set this church on a new path. Amen. But you see, 
The blessedness of it is that, you see, the Bible says, check this out, that the just shall live by faith. Faith is what you believe. That means that you live by the things you believe. So the more you believe, the more you'll be alive. And therefore, the more you continue to be alive. So you see that this church will receive a new phase of life. A prolongation of its life. Yes. Will be your portion. In the name of Jesus. So, everybody. Practice your face. I want to see your face. If somebody comes to say something about you, how will you do your face? Say, eh? Huh? What? What did you just say? See, but some of you are feeling are so nice that when you, when 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 you are even angry, it's beautiful. Uh. But ministry is war. Mm. Paul said, "I fought a good fight." Paul said, "Put on the whole armor of God, not put on the whole ballet dancing dress." Second key, the key of constant pruning. Jesus said, every branch that bears forth fruit, he prunes it. If you want your garden to look better, always be cutting things away. Cutting branches. Two days ago, I planted some new things in my house. And when I saw the leaves, I said, called my house and said, cut off all the leaves. It will make the flowers nicer, bigger, brighter, better. There are some people who have to leave this church. Your presence is destructive. Because you are always secretly asking questions. See, some questions are rhetorical questions. Satan came to Eve and said, Has God indeed said, Look, God has said, Thou shalt not eat this fruit, oh. Eat everything, don't eat this one. See that came and said, has God indeed said? God has said. Why are you coming to ask if God said? What you are actually saying is eat it. The question you are asking, the question you are asking, the meaning or the implication or what you are actually saying is, don't mind God. But you are not brave enough to say it from the beginning. Did God indeed say? You know. Learn to be like Jesus and learn to speak to the intentions of what people say, not what they say. The intentions, the heart, and the spirit address it. Yes. Somebody will come to Jesus and say, Should we pay tax to Caesar? You see, the Bible says that, and Jesus perceived that they were trying to trap him. But it looked like an economics question. A little economics. But Jesus saw through it. Like to see through things. And I said that some of you are like, so pastor, are you going to start 
all their branches. What a question is that? The man has come. Your old pastor has said, I've been praying to sell branches. The man came to confirm it. After the man goes, you are asking, so will you start the branches? You are actually saying that don't start the branches. And I'm saying again, me, I don't know anybody in this church. I thank God I don't know. Because if I do, I can't preach the way I'm preaching. And I'm saying that there are some people who are in this room now. For the church to do well, you need to leave the church. So that the pastor can be free in his spirit. How do I know? I also have people like that. I am also a pastor. I also have a church. I also have members. Some people, I wish I could sack them, but I can't sack them. I wish a prophet would come and sack them for me. <laughs> Every church is the same. You see, and you would think that when those people would leave, the church would be affected. One day, I was very aggrieved with a very, very, very important member in the church some time ago. So one day, I saw my assistant. I said, you know, this person is grievous to me. It's like, I can, but this person is so important. I, told, I was shocked. My assistant, Pastor, he should leave, he should leave, he should leave because he's causing too much trouble in the church. Nobody, I thought it was just me. My assistant said, nobody is happy with him. Hey, I was shocked that as the person walks into the church every day, hey, I saw for us. Everybody is angry with him in the church. That's what I always do. If this person leaves, the church will do better. Like there'll be more liberty, like a fresh wind will blow through. Because there are some of you that when pastor comes to um, appoint the first three brand pastors, you'll be sitting there. <laughs> like, you see, your face is a sign of disapproval of what the pastor is doing. Yes! Your face disapproves of the action. But you will see, then when you say, Are you cool? <laughs> yes. <laughs> because after such a message, you can't oppose openly. <laughs> so when they are appointed, you see the churches, the rest of the members, yes, Osu, oh, his wife, yes, he likes. Then the day that they are pointing the first tray, it's like, look, this are seed. This are the see, and what you don't know is that the prophet himself is sending that he's stressed. He wishes he didn't have look. The Bible says that when you eat the word, it's sweet in your mouth, bitter in your belly. Do you think I think what I'm saying is easy? I am not a child. It's nice. Oh, yes, God has when you start implementing. You look at this praise and worship leader. I'm sure he's close to the pastor. So nice, always around. Friend, then you are going to send him away. It's bitter. The implementation of the word of God is always bitter. Yes. But there's no other way. Do you think it was easy for God? 
to, to, to kill his son. Implementation is always better. So, you see, when it's time for implementation, you need supporters and cheerers. But you see some people. Amen. <laughs> Lift up your hands and you are opposing by your body language. Yes. That's why we say <coughs> you prune. Cut some people that way. Jesus said, in order to bear forth much fruit, you prune. Because 1 Corinthians 5, 6, a little living, not big, a little living, not something big, a little living, something as little as your face, a living at the whole lamp. That's why when Jesus saw Judas, you see, the Bible says, and Satan, having entered into Judas, Judas could no longer stay there. He had to leave. Because Judas would have whispered to Bartholomew, you know, this crucifixion idea, <laughs> Bato, <laughs> Charlie, then he would show Bartholomew the 30 pieces of silver. Charlie, some deal, the uh, Pharisees, no, they give me some money. So say, uh, you go betray Christ. So you, at the good place, uh, tell Jesus, say, uh, you to your stomach, the rabble, I go bab you for the bathroom. So you, I go leave first. Eh? So you wait small. If you don't come down, so you wait small. So say, uh, you go bite for them, you go shout out. And when they ask you, say, they go on. I go tell. I go tell JC, JL. They used to call Jesus JL. That Jesus the Lord. So tell JL, say Charlie, your stomach, your stomach, something they do. So they go. So I go wait you for that. I go. I will give you the rundown. By the time you see, by the time you see, eh, it's not only Judas who has betrayed Christ. So Judas and Bartholomew have shared the thirty pieces of silver. That is why when Jesus saw that Satan had entered Judas, the Bible says he called Judas. It's not Judas who came to see Jesus. Jesus called Judas and said, what thou doest, do quickly. And the next verse says, and Judas went out into the darkness. Every time you leave a church, you go out into darkness. Oh, yes. There are some times when, 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 when Elijah told Elisha, tarry here in Bethel, I'm going. Tarry here in Gilgal, I'm going. Tarry here in Jericho, I'm going. Elisha said, as long as the Lord lives and as thy soul lives, I'm here with you. There are some times when when you are doing something bad, the pastor says, continue. You hold his leg and say, I beg you. I beg you. Yes. Jesus told you that. You want to betray me? Do it quickly. Leave now. In our church, you say you want to leave, you hint that you want to leave, you won't stay again. We have learned that a little living 
living there the whole lamb. Because the truth is, everything you are saying about the prophets, every did we close late? You are not there. But didn't they say we'll close at 8.30? Everybody knows we'll close at 8.30. So the time is 9 o'clock. Everybody knows I've closed late. Why are you the one saying it? Why are you the one saying it? Everybody has their time. You're the only one who knows it's 9 o'clock. But as soon as you say, hey, it's 9 o'clock, suddenly, the person who already knew it was 9 o'clock, but it doesn't mean anything to him, suddenly, as soon as you say it's 9 o'clock, you introduce, you impart, you inject a negative spirit into the person. That's why Jesus said, what you are doing, do it quickly, go. Don't influence everybody. Everybody is already sad that I'm going to die. Don't make things worse. Go. Yes. Don't make things worse. Go. Prune. Some people, when you start the branches, you send them there so that they don't stay here. Because here will become a center of training and sending. Here will become a center. Training and sending. Here will become a center. Training and sending. However the Lord lays on your prophet's heart. Train and send. See, and some of you whose lives are dry, whose lives are dull. You see, because now, you say you can't pray. Start a church, you pray. Nobody will tell you to pray. You pray. When you go for evangelism and the people swear that they'll come and they don't come, the next week you pray. You know, <laughs> When people, when people ask me, that, oh, so the mission field, how is it? I only have one thing. I tell, I tell them that, you know, when you become a missionary, one of two things will happen, not three. <laughs> one of two things. One. <laughs> one. You will either get close to God or you go back home. These are the two things that, that will happen. Yes. One day, a girl told me, because she had seen me going on mission field coming. She said, you know, Rev, I really want to go on the mission field. I said, my sister, my sister, mission field. If God hasn't sent you, don't go. I told her, the winds that blow there, if God hasn't sent you, don't desire to go. Be saint, then you'll be stable. You every verse in the Bible, you you understand it. But as soon as you read a verse, oh, the Lord is my shield. I mean, since we are born, have you seen a shield before? Did you understand? But when you go on the mission field, the devil attacks you a few times. You will understand the word shield. Not in theory, in practice. You will still not see a shield, but you understand the verse. Practically. Oh, yes. The thing is already difficult. Though. Don't bring a bad attitude to make it worse than it is. We are already discouraged. Don't minister extra discouragement. We are discouraged, but we are holding on with faith. We are already discouraged. Let's be honest. Who here is not discouraged about something about life? Who? We are discouraged about something. Or many things. Don't come and add sin to sin. Yes. All that we have is God that we are holding on to. Him. Don't come and make faith look silly. Mm. Mm. By your attitude. 
I mean, it's like a girl is getting older and she's believing God for a husband, but a husband, but she's coming to church trying to still do it. Then you come and say, you know, this Kifi Kifi thing, where, where has it led you to? You see, she has already thought about it too, but has disregarded the thought and is moving on with God, still believing. So that's your evoked statement. It's going to make a bad situation worse. Yes. And I'm saying that where you are going to, branches, by all means, your pastor will think, do you think your pastor hasn't seen other pastors who send their good people to go and start branches and the pastors take away their branches from them? It is in his mind already. But he's believing God. And so going on in faith. He doesn't need a word of discouragement to come and make a bad situation where it will confuse him further. He needs encouragement and some look. One day I told some people that hey, the way our churches, if Bishop comes one day and says that um, he calls a bishop's conference meeting, all the bishops are there, say that eh. Hey, God has given him a new revelation that he should turn the Kodesh car park into a big swimming pool. Trust me. Not one bishop will oppose the idea. I can imagine that Bishop Okobote Doku will say, Bishop, you know I had a dream two weeks ago and I saw a pool of water at the Kodesh. And I was wondering that so I even thought it was like the healing pool in John chapter 5. But I now see that God was showing me the same revelation. I can imagine that Bishop Interfo will rise up and say, Bishop, that's a very good idea. Because, you know, we've been talking about swimming for a long time. It would be a good opportunity for people to learn. I can imagine that every bishop will have something positive to say about it. That's all. We are what we've done. We are because we've given all our power to one man. And he's leading us. And we believe in him. That's all. Wherever he leads us, we go. Anybody who doesn't believe, you shouldn't be here. Because the Bible says, to as many as believe in him. You don't believe in a church. You believe in the man of God. In him, not the church. Number three. Are you happy you gave the church? Yes. Don't worry. Today we'll close early. <laughs> Number three. Create a fire. <laughs> yes. Those who have to, look at me. Those who have to leave. When they are not leaving, you encourage them to leave. You know, see, the things, see, when I read the point, then I share with you practical things we do so that you understand that it's not a theoretical message I'm preaching. You create a fire so that those who have to leave and are not leaving, you instigate them to leave. When a woman has to give birth and the labor is delaying, the delivery is delaying, both she and the baby can die. So sometimes the doctors induce labor so that the baby can come out to save both baby and mother. Sometimes people who have to live for you to be fruitful, when they are not living, you induce it. <laughs> yes! You stir it up. Or as we say in Jamaica, you stir it up. 
Yes. Uh, you people think I'm a local champion, eh? <laughs> yes. One day, when I was made the elder of the university church, before I even took office, God showed me the person who should take over from me. So even before I became the chief elder, I began to prepare the person. You see, but I saw that there was a guy in the church. He would like, have seen those people who, when they walk, it's like they are praying. They are not praying, though, but their prayer, their walking is a prayer post. Hey! It's like, hey! it's like they were men of God from bed. Hey! hey! Like, they walk like this. Oh, I mean, listen. Listen, not that they are walking like they are doing a prayer walk, like they are walking to lectures, like they are just walking to go and bath. Is that? Hey, I saw that this guy, he worried the person who will come after me. They were mates. Look, I mean, this type of where he came to first year. Final year students were going to see him for revelations. Yes. I said, man of God from bed. He's the one who, look, he's the one who, for the first I heard this, that when Ahitophel spoke, he spoke at the oracles of God. Yes, I heard it from him. Charlie, I mean, in his presence, we felt like sinners. Oh, yes. So I saw that the way he is in light of that's also know how we are. We are just normal, simple, just trying. We don't have a sitting. If God is not there, we are there feeling. So I said, this, this guy, I have to fight. No, no, put it here. I have to uh, prune him out so that this little girl that God has ordained to take over. So... Um, I had an idea. I said that I will prolong the fasting and prayer instead of one week. <laughs> instead of one week, I'll make it three weeks. By the end of the third week, you by all means leave. Ah! By the end of the prayer, the third week, he has still not left. But I knew he had to leave. So I didn't know what to do. So after church on Sunday, I called a shepherd's meeting. Then I said, oh, no, it's something so, uh, is it something, I mean, I just had, look, throughout the meeting, I was waiting for him to leave. He won't leave. So I developed a new strategy. I made the work in the church look difficult. That's this semester. Every week for there, whatever we meet and pray every day. No father, but just something ah, difficult. That for the next two weeks, something. I said, so does anybody have anything to say? Ah, still, you <laughs> will leave. So I forgot what I said again, but I did another unreasonable instruction. 
Then I said, let us close the meeting and go home. But before we close, does anybody have anything to say? Then I saw his hand go up. They said, at last, for three weeks, I've been waiting for you. Then when he lifted us, I said, yes, that I mentioned his name. What is it? Then, look, I remember his words, the year 2000. No, 1999 to 2000. I'm taking over. So, first academic year is in what? September. Yes. So, September 2000. Then he said, I've decided to opt out of the shepherd scheme. I said, oh. I pretended to be surprised. I said, oh. Oh, okay. Oh, really? Is that what you really want to do? No, because you see, you do have to look happy. You do have to look happy. Because then it's that you are a bad person. <laughs> so you have to look sad so that he becomes the bad person. Uh-huh. So I said, oh, really? Is that what you really... Are you sure? I said, oh, okay. But we really miss you. We wish... <laughs> we wish... That... So when we finished, then we had to hug him. Bye-bye. As soon as he left, we won't do all the prayer and everything again. No, I won't do anything again. Get me free, get me free and go. Yeah. I said the wonders the girl performed after me. But if that guy was there, she would have been intimidated by his presence. Some people need to leave so you can be free. Oh, yes. When Paul went to the island of Melita, now Malta. The Bible says that his ship had a shipwreck in the sea. And they barely made it to land. The Bible says that when they came to land, the people on the island welcomed them and laid sticks on the fire for them to warm themselves. And as Paul gathered the sticks onto the fire, there came a viper out of the fire and fastened itself on Paul's hands. You need to create a fire to let this loyal element come out sometimes. Oh, yes. So that only those who are willing will stay. What is a fire? A fire is a difficult situation, an uncomfortable situation, an unexpected situation. Because like I said yesterday, what has made you offended? Somebody went through the same thing and is not offended. They shouted at you, Somebody there, they even slapped him. He is still there. Yes. So the problem is you and not the situation. Amen. Bishop says that one day there were two guys. He knew one of them was an orangu, but he wasn't sure. So God spoke to him and said, when you go to church today, make a clear sound. So when he went, he called these two guys. He told them that he's transferring them. One to Cape Coast, one to who? The one to Cape Coast said, okay, I've never been there before, but it's doable, I'll go. Then the one who went to who, sent to who said, oh, oh, it's a nice city. I've been there before. I've even lived there before. It's a good idea. I can do it. But anyway, I have something to tell you. I resigned from your organization. Yeah. The transfer. Transfer is one of the things that instigates orangus. Look, they've transferred me so many times that now I even have a template. 
for my child. I just change denomination, date, time, and then I send it. <laughs> yes. Is it not the same church? Yes. And when you are transferred, is it not an opportunity to go to a new place? Yes. Where, where and how else would, would you have gone there? It is an adventure. I've never been to India. We've heard of India. I've never been there. What they transfer there? Wow. It will also be a good opportunity to see a new country. That's all. Bangladesh. Opportunity to see a new country. Nepal. Ooh. I went. Look. You see, and what I've learned is every country, there's goodness in it. Every country, there's goodness in it. Burma. You see, when you hear Burma, Vietnam, you become afraid. I've never seen two beautiful countries in the world like Burma and Vietnam. You see Lamborghini walking on the road like a Toyota. Uh-huh. But when you hear of Vietnam, you think of Rambo and the forest. Uh-huh. A rice farm. And bomb exploding in water. When I went to Vietnam, they took me to some place. I said, I've been to Beverly Hills. Beverly Hills cannot be compared to this place at all. No way, no way. You see Lamborghini, Ferrari, it's like, oh, just, whoa, that, that's part of them. Whoa, that's it's nothing. Not the Uber, Toyota, Kia. I don't remember even seeing Kia. Vietnam. So you see, in your myopic mind, you don't even know the good things God has prepared for you. Hmm? Do you know that one of the most beautiful cities in Ghana is who? Yes. I was surprised. It's one of the cities in Ghana I like most. Who? But recently, I sent someone there to go and work. Then he told me that. As I was telling that, who is nine? He said, oh, so who? Who is called the city of oxygen? Yes. The whole place is green, healthy. He said it is called the city of oxygen. As you are in Ghana, inhaling smoke and car, exhaust pipe, and all kinds of things. When they transfer you to whole, you think they transfer you to a bad place. Right there. It's a place where you can even live long. The air is fresh, yes. The key of constant pruning. You know, the church is not about money, eh? It's about doing the will and the work of God. And when God sends you on a mission, he gives you everything you need to accomplish the mission. You see, so let's not have heirs. And if by the grace of God, you are prosperous and you are rich, don't use your wealth to intimidate the pastor. Use your wealth to help the church. Yes. The Bible says, charge them, warn them, reprimand them who are rich in this world that they be not high-minded. This is Apostle Paul speaking. It means that from Apostle Paul's days, rich people are high-minded. I thought it was just in our day. <laughs> but Paul said, charge them. Face them. That they should be ready to distribute and ready to share their money. Because after all, how much money can you spend? How much money can you spend? Look, you have built four houses. Your children are two. What a game. At a point, learn to say it is enough. At a point, learn to say it is enough. Your children are two. You have four houses. You want to build four more. You see? I'll, see, I will explain to you why. 
I'll explain to you why. The reason is because you are not mature. You are old, but you are not mature. When you are, when you are mature, eh, you'll be afraid of having a lot of things. That having a lot of things eh, brings a lot of stress. Do you know that Bukum Banku is one of the happiest men in Ghana? Bukum Banku. He's happier than you. <laughs> happier than you. You know, when I look at that man, eh, and one of the things he says is, why should I have money and see my brother in need and not give to him? Always share. Oh, you see him when some boxer shows running in the street. He's happier than you. <laughs> you with millions, you're always stressed. GRA will come after you. This that so now you are thinking, whose name should I register my house in? And my brother, but this my brother, he can't take it all. And you can't sleep. You can't sleep. You are always stressed. The the poor people, GRA doesn't mind them. You see, even you, when you share to the church, I just started their branches. You come to the pastor and say, Pastor, you know, um, there's something I'm thinking about doing. This idea of the branches, I can imagine that it would be expensive. Instruments, this rent for the branches. I want to make a commitment. It is not much, but you, let me start with a commitment of 3,000 CDs a month towards the branches. No questions. I'll just give it to you. That whatever is needed, God has laid it. That's how you should talk if you are a rich man. Ah, that's how you should speak. Number four. We need rich men who finance the gospel. It's okay to be rich. But use your riches to push the gospel. And God will give you more. Because when water goes through a water hose, some remains in the hose. Yes. Finally. Finally. Or number four. Work, is it four or five? Four. Work with willing people only. The key of working with willing people only. Second Corinthians 8.12. The key of working with willing people only. Paul said, For if there be first a willing mind, then it is accepted according to that a man hath, not according to what he has not. If there be first a willing mind, then it is accepted. You see, so some of you, though we come to the pastor and say, You know, prophet, this branch thing, I don't know what it means, but as the man was speaking, I feel convicted in my heart that. I would like to be part of it. Don't say, I want to be a branch pastor. That's, that's, that's what I said, you come and say. I didn't say, come and say, I want to be a branch pastor. <laughs> that's not what I said. I said, come and offer yourself as a willing sacrifice and say, I want to be a part of what it. I didn't say, come and say, I want to be a branch pastor. Because <laughs> you can be there not as the pastor, but as the assistant or as the prayer or something. Just offer yourself and then allow the potter to determine what the clay will be. Yes. Because the Bible says that in a, in a great house, there are many kinds of vessels. So just offer yourself as a vessel and let the potter determine what kind of vessel you will be. But offer yourself willingly. Because you see, I'm sure as prophet is sitting here, 
the first problem on his mind is who? Who? Because, you see, when you are also a good pastor, you don't want to offend people. You don't want people to feel that you want to send them away because you don't like them. Or maybe they are troublemakers, so you want them to go far from you. Yes. It's like their presence. You, oh, yeah, Orangus, there are some way. Hey, one day, do you know what we heard? <laughs> you see, I think God has brought this example to my mind because somebody may come and accuse prophet of that one day. And I want prophet to hear it first. One day, an Orangu said, you see this pastor? He has sent all the husbands away to branch so that he can have their wives to himself. My God. <laughs> what a shock. Meanwhile, the pastor himself, eh, he has not even thought about it that is the husband he has sent to. But the Orangu, I think, you see, like I said yesterday, when you are passive, you sat down, you watched that he, all the husbands have gone home. Now the guy, Charlie, he has the wife. Look, as a ministry, you hear something, you won't like your ear again. <laughs> yes. You hear something, you won't like your ear that heard it. <laughs> the guy said, Charlie, have you seen that? He has sent all the, all the husbands away. So that he can have access to their wives. Access to their wives to do what? <laughs> to do what? You see, if you are not strong, you won't send again. Because you say, oh, hey, because that's when for the first time you will realize that you sent her. It had never crossed your mind before. <laughs> if you are not strong, you stop. So I think some of you need to come and offer yourselves. That's this thing. I don't know what it means. I don't know the implication. I don't know whether it will even work. I don't even know that. But as the man was preaching, I feel the Holy Spirit was ministering to me that I should join. This church, I see it becoming a center of training Amen. and sending. Look, don't seek for great things. So. Just go and do your best. And allow God to take your best and turn it into whatever he wants to turn it into. And finally, last way to deal with disloyalty is by teaching. Constant teaching about disloyalty. Hey! Of all subjects in the world, Bishop has thought about loyalty the most. I say, if there's only one topic to talk about, it should be loyalty. Because now you think about it, you want your church to grow. How does a church grow? A church grows by one person coming, then he stays. Another one come, he stays. Another one come, he stays. Another one come, he stays. That's how a church grows. So I don't even need to teach you about church growth. Let me teach you about loyalty. It will make the church grow. You want anointing. How does anointing come? Bible says, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. 
So when you gather, you gather, you gather. So that you don't even need to pray. You, 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 if, you are perspect, if you are perceptive, you send the presence of the Holy Spirit in their midst. You see, so if you want anointing to flow, you see that when they dwell together in, in unity, it's it like the anointing. The effect of loyalty is the same as the effect of the anointing. It's the same. I can take you through everything. Leadership, marriage, everything is based on loyalty. If, in fact, then I was wondering if I should teach you about the loyalty of Christ. And then I just said, let me, let me rather teach you about how to create whatever. Teach you again this loyalty. You teach about those who are dangerous sons. They are sons, but they are dangerous. David said, my own son Absalom, who did come out of my loins, seeketh my life. Absalom was a son. If we're looking for a son, Absalom. But he wanted to kill his father, David. I mean, you look at these six pastors, Okomensa, Larry, Edem, this, that, that, that. They were sons, oh. You see, the problem we are having is we are fighting our sons and our brothers. That's, the, that's why it's difficult for us. If it was a journalist or a politician, I mean, it would have been easy. Jesus Christ said, the prince of this world comes against me, but he has nothing in me, so it, so it won't work. Unless you have somebody within, it won't work. That's why sons are needed to fight fathers. Servants cannot fight fathers. And so those of you who are going out, most of you will be sons. Be careful. The Bible says, listen to this, check this out. Bible says, and Satan took Jesus to a high mountain and told him, if you are a son of God, cast yourself down. If Satan could cast him down, Satan would have cast him down himself. But nobody can cast down a son. It's the son who can cast himself down. It's a son who can destroy himself. Nobody can destroy a son. Nobody can tell a son to leave there. It's a son who can decide to become prodigal. Then he leaves the house. A servant cannot sack a son from the house. A father cannot sack a son from the house. You cannot sack a son from the house. But giving Jesus Christ, a son is forever. You cannot sack a It's the son who can destroy himself. That's why Satan told him, if you are a son, cast yourself down. So when you become a son, immediately you are in a dangerous position for a specific problem of self-destruction. Ah. You talk about somebody like Larry. When Larry was Larry, loyal Larry, when we are in a meeting and Larry talks about his loyalty to Bishop Dag, eh? nobody speaks again. Because you feel like, when, see, as Larry is speaking, you feel that you, Bishop Dad, you don't like him. You feel you don't like him. Because the way you speak, by the time he finishes, nobody can speak again because there's nothing you say that can be equal or higher than what he has said. Then we'll be sitting there like, hey, Charlie, we maybe there's something wrong with us. Oh. Larry was a do you know that if you ever hear any letter of person say, Mercy, forgive, it is Larry who taught us all. Mm. Oh, yes. Mercy, forgive. It's from Larry. It's from Larry. One of the signature, whatever, like, 
if you go to a church anywhere in the world and you hear somebody and you are preaching and you hear somebody say, Mercy, you know that, oh, one of the people is here. You are preaching, you say, somebody say, Forgive. You don't need to do, you just have to look for the person that there's one of those people here. It is Larry who taught us mercy and forgive. You can't believe it. It's Larry. He was a son. He was a son. He was a son. If you are a son, be careful. Satan is looking for you. If you are a son, Satan is looking for you. He, Satan attacked the son of sons with his sonship. So you, what hope do you have? He attacked his son. If you are a son, cast yourself down. He was a son. Okomensa was a son. True son. I mean, you see, a son you learn from your father. And that's what I'm saying. Bishop Saki taught him how to lead prayer, how to lead the prayer clinic. See, but the problem is, when you succeed, pride enters your heart. And then you think that it is you. So even if you step out, it is still you. So it can still work. Not knowing it was the cloud you were under that was working, not you. So anybody who steps in that cloud, it will work for him. You see, learn to start taking yourself less importantly than you are. You are not as important as you think you are. You are not as important as you think you are. You are not as important. Though. It's the grace. You see, that's why a father is a special person. He, he has paid the price for you. Because of who my father is, I'll enjoy different blessings from you. That because of who your father is, which is different from who my father is, there will be things you have I don't have. There will be things I'll have I do. But our peculiar differences will be based on the differences between our fathers, not between the differences between ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. The father determines everything. Do you, do you know that biologically speaking, whether you be a man or a woman depends on your father, not your mother? Yeah. A father has X and Y chromosomes. The woman only has X and X. So when your father and your mother meet and your father gives, an, gives a Y chromosome, then a man will be born. If it's an X chromosome, it will go and add to your mother's X and it will be XX and it will be a woman. So whether you be a male or a female depends on your father, not your mother. Even for you to be male or female, it depends on your father. But when the son is born, and he doesn't learn, and that it's not perspective. He doesn't think deeply. It's not educated. Doesn't know about X and Y chromosomes. Doesn't know that it's God of my father that I am what I am. Then he begins to dishonor his father, thinking that he's a man because God made him a man. God didn't make you a man. It's your father who made you a man. It's God who gave your father both the X and the Y. After that, it's now your father who determines whether you be a male or a female, not God. God determines that you'll be a human being. But as whether you'll be a male or a female, it depends on your biological family. That's what the Bible says. Believe in the Lord God, and so shall you be established. But in case you want to prosper, then believe in the man of God, then you will prosper. That's where they miss it. Because they believe that everything is from God. Everything is not from God. Half is from God, half is from your father. That's why when you dishonor your... You see the, 
the Bible says that God the Father has committed all judgments to the Son. He who has the Son, not the Father, he who has the Son has life. Not the Father. Be careful of fathers. Be careful of fathers. One day, one of my church members, he came to church, and they came to, he came to church late. Then after, they came to report me, to me that he wanted to slap his father that morning. He had an argument with his father and wanted to slap his father. And that as he raised his hand to slap his father, one of his uncles held his hand. So I said, after that, what happened? He said, so I said, call him for me. So he came. Then I said, oh, I hear you wanted to slap your father this morning. He said, yeah, apostle. He was drunk and he was saying some things that I didn't like. And I said, what happened? They said, as I was slapping them, my ankles held my hand. And I said, what happened after that? They said, after that, nothing. I, they just called me down. They said, no. You should have finished slapping him so that you will learn for all time that your father's mouth is stronger than your hand. Mm. Yes. Mm. Yes. I told him. Mm. You should have ended the slap so that you will learn forever that what your father would say is stronger than your hand. He, he left my church, went to join a powerful prophet's church. When I heard it, I said, he should think not that there's any anointing on this prophet's life that can reverse the case of he having an intention to slap his father. There's no anointing on earth that can reverse that case. <laughs> Be careful of fathers, you know. And fathers, there are problems. So, you see, let me show you how to deal with fathers. Become like Maradona. Dribble. Get your blessing and go away. Don't interfere with their lives. Don't try to avoid them. And don't concern yourself with, with their things. So, just be dribbling and get your blessing and go away. I don't know how I got into this. Dangerous sons. Teach it. <laughs> then those who honor you. You know, like I was saying yesterday, God said, those who honor me will reap a harvest of honor. You see, you do yourself a great disservice when you don't honor your prophet. You do yourself a great disservice. You hurt yourself. You hurt yourself when you don't honor your prophet. It is a great error. He that despises me, that the opposite of honor, shall be lightly esteemed. Watch this church. I don't know. I don't, apart from Prophet Alex, I don't know anybody. Is this evening on my way here that my administrator called me that, oh, when you go to church, greet Charlene for me. I've never even heard the name before. The, the only person I know is him. The only person I know is him. I'm saying that to make the point I'm coming to make that in this church, I know. You ask yourselves, is it not true that those of you who honor prophets, you are more prosperous than those who don't honor him? I don't know you. I don't know your name. I don't know anything about you. I don't know anything about I don't know. I don't know anything about you. But I know based on the principle. Is it not true that in this church, 
those who honor their prophets are richer financially than those who don't. Is it true or not true? It's true. <laughs> so join those who honor. Next, teaching on loyalty. Those who are ignorant. The Bible says that, and with Absalom went 250 men who were called, and they did not know anything. They, they, they all died for their ignorance. That's why we teach because some of you follow stupidity ignorantly. It's true. You follow stupidity, stupidity ignorantly, but you die for your stupidity. I, I mean, so you read to drive ignorance away. That when you see, like I was telling you, there are some statements, as soon as you hear them, they are innocent sounding. But to the mature, one day my father came to my house. The first time he came to my house, I gave him food to eat. We were first there, but he came quiet. Then he said, There are so many people walking around town with cases. Hey, what are they going to do? He just said, No, he, he suddenly became, I mean, I brought my children. He met them. Then he said, There are so many people walking around town with cases. Then he was quiet again. <laughs> then he said, in our days, when your father said, you see, you go and call your uncles and the family heads to come and beg him. But these days, people are walking around with cases. <laughs> you see that those who are ignorant, they are moving with cases. <clears throat> Make yourself somebody who reads. So that when you see this loyalty, you can identify it for what it is. Those who forget. Those who forget. Look, you can never be disloyal if you don't forget. I'm telling you that Larry spent his honeymoon in Bishop Saki's house. Larry spent his drove Bishop Saki's car during his honeymoon. Can you believe that Bishop Dak paid for Larry to go on honeymoon? Bishop Dak paid for his air ticket, his hotel, everything, Larry. Can you believe it? Don't you think you have to forget before you can rebel and call, say, uh, call Bishop Dag a dog on Facebook? Don't you think you have to forget such things first? How when you wrote your book, Bishop Dag opened his churches in London for you to go and launch your books and collect? Don't you think you have to forget all these things first? You can never rebel if you don't forget. It, it is totally impossible. Because when you remember, it will... Prevent you from misbehaving. When you remember. But we indeed, in order to be successfully disloyal, you have to blank out your memories. Oh, yes. I mean, there are times, maybe I'm, not maybe, there are, there are times I'm unhappy with my wife about something. But I remember when we were poor and we had nothing. I had nothing. We saw not we. She still loved me like that and never complained. Today as I prospered, if I'm unhappy with her, it doesn't mean I should pretend like I've, been, I've always been the way I am. I remember one day she said she wanted a laptop for her work. I said, okay, I'll buy it for you. Then she went to get some complicated laptop. Have you seen the one that can be both a tablet and a laptop. 
and then when I use it, you can turn the, uh, the screen. Hey, I said, but me, I don't have some. <laughs> that thing you say, you want, I don't have some. Anyway, I paid it for her. Then she said she wants a laptop bag. As well, they went to bring a bag by Givenchy, laptop bag by Prada. Share, I squeezed my face. I squeezed my face. I remember. I said, buy it yourself. I won't buy it. I remember. I said, they should find this type of laptop that they really Ziahan. Ziahan. Or Wuhan. But I remember. Listen, I remember. I remember. I was driving to work one day. I got to Apenkwa Bridge. Then I heard the voice of God. Why don't you buy it for her? What will it cost you? Why don't you buy it for her? I heard the voice of God. We are out on Apenkwa Bridge. Then I heard the voice of God. What are you doing? Why don't you buy it for her? And my heart swooped me. True. You see, you can never be evil except you forget. If you are somebody who remembers, you always do the right thing. Amen. Remember today how you are happy with prophet. Remember how you are happy with him. The Bible says, shall we receive good of the Lord and shall we not with him receive evil also? So if today you are happy with him and tomorrow he does something and you are angry, why do you behave like there have never been good times? Why do you behave like there's never been good times? Why? You see, and like I say, these are some of the things that confuse us about these boys. Because we remember the, look, see, that's the problem. We remember the good times, so, but they only remember evil. But we remember the good times. We remember them in the university. We, look, we remember driving with Larry. I remember driving with Larry. Do you know Larry's my cousin? He is my cousin. I remember driving with him, dropping him out. I remember, now I can't talk to him. Now I can't talk to him. He's made himself an enemy. You see, we, we remember the good times. Traveling together, playing together, sleeping in the same room, going to preach for him at tech. He coming to preach together, we eating together, laughing. We, we, see, we remember the good times. And have been forced to do evil, to people we remember good of. That's why I can sit here and tell you, he taught us mercy. And we are not bitter against them. We are actually perplexed by what we are, what they put on our plates to eat. If I had something bad against them, I will not be here telling you that they taught us mercy and forgive. Because like a good, I mean, you are all shocked. It's Larry who taught us. Bishop will be preaching. Then you shout, mercy! Atone! Slavery. You can never do anything bad if you don't forget. If you don't intentionally blank out things from your memory. So be careful. Never behave one day like good has never come from prophet before. Although there's never been good. Bible, God told Moses, when you prepare the Passover lamb, eat the meat with bitter herbs. That is ministry. Meat is nice. Bitter herbs is not nice. But life and ministry, you eat the meat with the bitter herbs. 
but don't, as the thing is bitter in your mouth, stop pretending like it is not meat you are eating. Those who leave you. May you never be a liver. It's Lucifer who left heaven. Michael, Gabriel, they went or they go, but they don't leave. They are in heaven. They go on assignment and return. Never be somebody who left. When you leave, you don't return. And the Bible says a son is forever. A hireling flees, but a son is forever. Make yourself a daughter. That is impossible. Oh, that even in your anger, do you know that anger is not evil? The Bible says be angry. So being angry is even a commandment. <laughs> yes, being angry is a commandment. So I say, be angry. It's a commandment. Be angry. But it says, but sin not. Don't let your anger lead you to sin. Don't... Everybody, you should have boundaries. Things you can simply not do. Build boundaries. That I can be angry about something prophet will do. But it doesn't mean I'll insult him. It doesn't mean I'll leave the church. It doesn't mean I'll criticize him. Even if I'm angry. Because he's a human being. Don't be one of those who live. That is the spirit of Satan that lives. Satan was the first liver. And he's the one who inspires people to live. A. Those who pretend. You see? That's why you should be a master of science and symptoms. All these books I'm talking from, it's actually one book. It's all loyalty and disloyalty. And each book is a chapter. Hey, but it will be so big that we've broken it down into but it's actually one thing. They are all signs and symptoms of disloyal people. Hey, have you met a pretender before? Do you, do, you, do you know that one of those boys, his name is Seth Duncan, do you know that two weeks before he was on Manasseh Azuri's page, he was in Bishop Dag's house, swearing to Bishop Dag that I can never buy the hand that feeds me. Those who pretend. So, daddy. So, that's why sometimes that word daddy, eh? In my church, in my church, I've banned them from calling me daddy. Nobody calls, no. Usually, daddy is said by people who want to deceive you. People who want to deceive you. They call, oh, daddy. Oh, hey. Because you see, one, one day I was walking at the Kodesh and some guy, he said, he called me and he, and my wife is like his pastor. They call her mommy. I think she likes it. So when he saw me, the husband of mommy is daddy, oh? Uh-huh. So he saw me. <laughs> so he saw me at Kodesh walking on the kappa. Then he ran to me, oh, daddy, could I- is it me you are talking to? He said, yes. That he said, I'm your daddy. What is my full name? He said, oh, you are apostle. So I said, no, my full name. He said, you don't know your daddy's full name. I said, okay. Me too. I don't know your name. How can it be that I don't know my son's name? Then I asked him. 
have you ever listened to my preaching before? Have you ever attended my church before? Have you, I dressed him down. Then I said, you cannot just meet people and be calling them daddy. What, what, what makes me your daddy? Eish. For like eight minutes, I was on the case. Listen. 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 Then at the end, at the end, I smiled and put my hand on him and told him that the reason why I'm doing this is because if I am not your daddy and you relate with me as your daddy, when you meet your real daddy, you won't relate with him well because you are somebody who doesn't understand relationships. Yes. It's true. When people want to mock you, deceive you, oh, daddy, oh, daddy, you're oh, daddy. Then when they are any more hypocritical, they give you daddy nicknames like Popsy. Popsy. Shit. That one there, you don't try with me at all. Am I a Popsicle? Am I a Popsicle? Daddy O. Those who pretend, you know, Absalom was a pretender. He would go and stand at the gate as though he cares about the people. Oh, your case is both is good and right. There's no man deputed. He pretended to Amnon that he loved. See, I'm saying this. You wait till the end. He pretended to Amnon that he loved him, invited him to a party. He pretended to his father David that, oh, he really loved his brothers, wanted to do a party for them. He reaped it eh? by getting a harvest of Hushai, which would change his name from Hushai the Akites to Hushai the Pretender. When David ran away, Hushai came to David and David said, you know, you're an old man, you cannot walk fast and everything, but you know, you know what you can do for me, eh? Go back to Jerusalem. Go and tell Absalom that the way you were loyal to me, you'll be loyal to God. He has Ahitophel. I know Ahitophel. He has been my counselor. When Ahitophel speaks, it's that God has spoken. So I need you when your job is to counter the advice of Ahitophel. You don't worry. Anything Ahitophel says, say the opposite. Don't think. Just say the opposite because anything Ahitophel says will be true. And just say the opposite. So we'll be safe. And Hushai said, okay. If Absalom had read those who pretend, eh? <laughs> if Absalom had read those who pretend, he would have been able to, to look at Hushai and say, hey, you, you are a liar, you are pretending to me. Absalom would have been alive today. But when I, look, let me tell you something. When Ahitophel advised, Chase David tonight. He's like a head calf. He's disillusioned. He said, send me, me, me. Just give me a band of men. I will strike him once. I will not strike him twice. That was the best advice. I, they, they call Hushai. Hushai listened to the case. Hushai said, Jesus. No, no. David can die. Then Hushai said, mm. 
careful of people who think before they talk. They are liars. I'll show you a sign. When you ask somebody a simple question on WhatsApp, where are you? Is a, ah, it's either I'm at home, I'm in the office, I'm in the taxi, I'm in the truck. There you see, typing. typing. Usually when I see typing, then I put the hot house off and I go out. They are coming to lie to me. Jesus said, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Anything more than that is a lie. Please believe Jesus. When Hushai heard it, he said, Jesus, um, do you know, I hear the first spoken, but you know something, eh? your father, you know him. He's a mighty, a terrible warrior. Remember when he killed the bear? Remember when he... Be careful of advice that instills fear. Let's have the branch. Hey, what if we can't pay the rent? You know, in the COVID year, be careful of advice that makes you afraid of implementation. It is not good advice. Anything can be done. Everything can be done. Yes. Anything can be done. Everything can be done. Be careful of people who frighten you from doing what you want to do. I hit then Hushai said, but I'll show you a secret after. Then Hushai said, no, 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 no. By now, your father is wild. If you attempt tonight, he'll kill you. So what you do is you wait. Organize your men. Ahitophel said, I'll go myself. Hushai said, you go. <laughs> you identify pretenders by they don't want to do what they are saying you should do. If it's good advice, why don't they want you to do it? Hushai said, I'll stay. You, Absalom, go. <laughs> Absalom looked at the thing. He said, check this out. When Ahitophel heard the advice that Hushai had given, that the king was planning to take Hushai's advice, Ahitophel said, Jesus, is over. He went home and killed himself. He said, if I don't kill myself, David will kill me. So I better as well kill myself. He, Ahitophel, being very wise, could see through the pretense. So that it's over. But check this out. Check this out. When Ahitophel told, when I finish, I'll leave the conclusion to your imagination. When Ahitophel told um, Absalom, go and fornicate. Absalom said, it's a good idea. When Ahitophel told Absalom, I'll go and kill your father, Absalom called Hushai for advice. When he came to the fornication part, why didn't he ask if it's a good idea? That one day he went to do it straight. Most disloyal people are immoral people. When the immoral advice came, he quickly jumped at it. Quickly went to spread the tent. Charlie, some girls they view, Charlie, the girl they town. Most orangus are immoral. I leave the rest to your imagination. Those who accuse you, hey, you'll be told the open look. In the ministry, you'll hear something. You won't like yourself again. Satan is the accuser. When Satan tries everything and fails, he comes to you as the accuser. 
That's why the pastor who was starting branches, sending people, a lot of those branches have become cathedrals. But as he was sending pastors to go and have branches, the accuser came and said, Charlie, he's sending their husbands away so that he can have access to their wives. You see, the accusation is meant to stop you. Because if you are a good pastor and you hear something like that, you say, oh, hey, maybe the people are not happy to go. Meanwhile, their husbands themselves, it hasn't occurred to them that they have, that they have been sent. The people who have been sent, it hasn't occurred to them that they have been sent and their wives have not been sent. But Satan standing by always has something bad to say. Zechariah chapter 2 verse 1. And I saw Yahushua the high priest. And I saw Satan standing at his right hand. And, and he accused him of many things. Many things. I saw Yahushua the high priest. Every high priest will be accused by Satan of many things. His garments are dirty. Then the Bible says that all that happened was the Lord said, the Lord rebuke you. The Lord rebuke you. You must meet every accusation with a rebuke. Yes, the Lord rebuke you. You see, God never said the high priest was not wearing dirty clothes. The only thing was that God said, change his clothes for him. That's all. It's not the, you must have a vehement hatred for accusations and accusers. Otherwise, you, you will be finished. Look, prophet, I personally believe that this book, those who accuse you, if you intend to stay long in ministry, apart from the Bible, this is the book you should know. The whole world. Apart from the If you want to stay long in ministry, this is the book apart from the Bible. Otherwise, you won't survive. Moses' ministry came to an end because of accusations. Jesus' ministry came to an end because of accusations. The Bible said that, and they accused him, and they brought many charges against him. For six days, they were examining the white lamb without blemish. They could find nothing. Then the Bible said that, and they brought two malefactors that they might accuse him straight to the cross. As soon as accusers came in, straight to the cross. Moses, they say, I'm thinking they, they, they accused Moses until he disobeyed God. Ah, oh, yes. Fear accusations. Look, Jesus said, the only reason why I'll permit divorce is adultery. I have never, ever, ever seen a marriage breakup because of adultery. Always accusations. This, this book here is the top marriage counseling book. This one. Those who accuse you. When the devil has tried everything and feels that, because you know, behind every accusation, every accusation looks like truth. Those who are proud, My God. Ha, the Bible says that God knows the proud from afar. God doesn't deal with proud people, though. Hey, you see in this church, when they say Manasseh, they see the whole church, hey, whatever Manasseh means, I don't know. <laughs> but it's a hey. As they are saying, Mana. Prophet, let me whisper something to you. Do you know that as everybody shouting, Mana, some, some people's faces are straight.
they are not impressed by this youthful show of over exuberance. And frankly, it's immaturity. And possibly naivety. And a likely manifestation of people who don't have responsibilities in life. And in summary, and in summary, and in summary, it is childishness. Yes, absolutely infantile. Absolutely infantile. If they had better things to do in life, they don't get me shouting in their room. Mana! Listen, if you don't believe me, ask, listen, if you don't believe me, ask those who lead their praise and worship. When they are leading, there are some people, they don't look at their face. If they look at their face, their words will mix in their mind. When they are leading their praise and worship, they want to lift up their hand, but they can look at somebody, then they'll keep their hand down and just sing. Those people that are called the proud. But you know, Jesus gave an instruction. He said, except you convert yourself and become as a little child, you shall not enter the kingdom of God. Yes. You, see, you may be old. Hey, Charlie, haven't you ever seen some sexy 70-year-old men before? Yeah. Eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are some 70-year-old men, eh? Charlie, the way they carry themselves with some skinny jeans and some... Charlie? Eh? And then, yeah, a stick and then some loafers. And then the open This guy is a bad man. Like what you see, no, he's a bad man. No, no, no. But you see, but you see, but you see, what it is is what we are describing is somebody who had converted himself into a child. So you can see that it even makes the person look attractive. Oldness is not attractive. Who likes an old car? A new car. Yes. New car. The newer the car, the better. Yeah. In the same way, the newer the spirit. That's what the Bible says that we should renew our youth. That's what the Bible says. When you wait on the, when you wait, he that waits on the Lord shall renew. You see, God, see, God expects us to remain young and fresh. Not old and stiff and proud and, and moving. I was telling you about the wife that I was talking to today, to yesterday. So like, she was still. I thought it was a screenshot. I thought it was a screenshot. 
So today I was talking to her and I told her that yesterday I told the people about what you did. A squirming wife in the bed. Manas. Lying in the bed like fried fish is this bed. <laughs> fried fish. Is that lying there? And and have you seen that when they fry fish, the mouth opens? the ways the Bible de- des- describes proud, pride is what a stiff neck. Stiffness is a manifestation of pride. Stiff. Stiff. It's no good. I'm just quoting the Bible. Stiff. It's no good. Movement is good. Activity is good. Agility Good. Flexible. Good. Malleable. Ductile. Good. Shouting is good. That's what the Bible says. You shout unto the Lord. You laugh, it's sad. <laughs> then you have laughed. Oh, look, the first day, the first day I met Prophet, and we laughed. Look, when I left him, I had a headache from laughing. So I reported him to my wife that. Today I've laughed and have a headache like my head. I have to go and take paracetamol. <laughs> Look, I have never in my life eh, met somebody day one and I, I fall in love with a person. No. 
Non. 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 I said, I loved, I loved until I had a headache. I'd go and take paracetamol. You see, and the life that has been birthed from our look. <laughs> you see, you need life in you. The Bible says that until the spirit of the Lord moved, there was darkness. The Bible says that until the spirit of the, the, if the spirit is in you, there will be movement. The Bible says that if the spirit of him that raised Christ from the dead you, he shall quicken, make alive, cause a movement. If your wife is anointed, she'll be moving in the bed. from the Bible. In the spirit. If Jesus, whose body is dead, his spirit is in hell. Think, the body is dead, the spirit is in hell. When anointing enters, the dead body comes alive. So you say you are a woman. You are not dead. You are only in a bed and your body cannot move there's no anointing in you no anointing in you according to the word of god me the only thing i know is bible though that's why everything i say i quote scripture you don't believe me you check you check. The ones who move more, you see that their prayer life is more. You check. Anyway, it's proud people we are talking about. Finally, one of you is a devil. Jesus said, Jesus said, have I not chosen you? And one of you is a devil. You see, not that you are, you see, he didn't say one of you is behaving like a devil. There is some behavior, it is devilish behavior. One of the meanings of the word Satan is opposer. Whenever somebody opposes you, he is your devil. He is your devil. He is your Satan. He is your Satan. He, he is not a Satan. He is your Satan. Yes. Assigned to you. It's true. That's why J- Jesus said, when Peter, you see, when Jesus said, I'm going to die, and Peter, the human being Peter, took him aside to rebuke him. The Bible says, Jesus turned to him and said, Satan. Because at that point, Peter had become an opposer. 
and therefore a Satan. That's why he, why he didn't say, I rebuke the spirit. He said, Satan. He said, opposer. I'm not saying go and call your wife opposer and a homo. I'm not saying when you go home and you say you want yam and they give you plantain or there's no movement. Say, Satan, get thee out of the bed. <laughs> hey! Don't go and misinterpret my preaching at homo. That when you go home, your wife is lying in the bed. You touch her, she doesn't touch. You touch her, she doesn't touch. Satan! <laughs> because she's opposing your intentions. He says, hey, I beg you. That's not what I'm saying. May the spirit of loyalty and a culture of loyalty descend. Descend. May a spirit of loyalty descend. Descend and remain. Descend and remain. Descend and remain. Randoria Katolebeshima Kapola Basimala. Randoria Katoroboshiman Derebosima Kapola Basikatahala. Debelebesikatoshevakusima Kalobasi and Dalababa. Descend and remain. In the name of Jesus. Lift up your voice, pray. Lift up your voice, pray. As for the spirit of loyalty to descend and remain. Lift up your voice, pray. Descend and remain. A spirit of loyalty. By the power of the Holy Ghost. To descend and remain. Oh God, oh God, oh God. 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 Borisha meka lobasi yandere baba. Ask for a new spirit. Create in me a new heart. Create in me a new heart. And renew a right spirit within me. A new heart. A new heart. A heart of loyalty. Pruning out of me every disloyal tendency. Dig out of me 
every disloyal tendency. Cut out of me every disloyal tendency. In the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for the new thing you are doing. Thank you for the future of Potter's Family Chapel that is according to your perfect will. Thank you for your servant, Prophet Alex Armstrong. I thank you for the new life and the new work you've put in his hands. That it is you who works in us, both to will and to do of your good pleasure. So I thank you that you've made him willingly able to do and accomplish and over accomplish. I thank you that he shall see the result of his labor and shall rejoice in it. I thank you for goodness and mercy that follows him all the days of his life. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray with thanksgiving. Amen. God bless you. Please take your seats. I would like to thank Prophet Armstrong for this invitation and for opening up his heart and his ministry to me. I would like to thank him for receiving me. I would, I would like to honor him for how he has received the ministry of Bishop Dykewood Mills, how he has helped, helped, helped the ministry of Bishop Dykewood Mills, my father. Pray that God will also, whatever he has done in secret, to help Bishop Dykewood Mills, my father. May God reward him openly. Yes. Everything he has done in secret, may God reward him openly. And I pray for all of you that may God bless you with the rewards of loyalty. Because there are rewards for the loyal. And I thank you that you are all going to be like Aaron's and hers, holding up the hands of your prophet that he may accomplish Remember that everything he accomplishes is for the whole church and not for him. May the peace of God that passes all understanding guard and guide your hearts in Christ Jesus. Thank you so much for receiving me these three days. Stand to your feet. Put your hands together. Let's welcome Prophet Armstrong with a shout of praise. Amen. Amen. 
Wow. I... <laughs> I told him that uh, uh, after tonight, I'll, he will have to pray over our church project. And so if you can set at least a picture of the church project so he will pray for us and the grace that is upon is upon him God has used him to build a lot of churches so stretch forth your hands here if we have the if we have some of the pictures okay Shasuke Palis Kamakasiala Rabbi Shando Roloboshi Makafula Zibalubashi Akatufalibusi Makata Yala Basume the Barando Roshi Makapalibusi Makaya Zalubasuma Teria Katuhochi Makafula Banderia Katolebeshi Makafula Sikete Elebeke Lebusaba Rondoria Kateyandere Lebesi Makafolo Bosi Makata Zibele Kaluba Simbereakato Obelebesi Makafola Bazundoria Kashiandere Lebesi Makatola Basima Eyande Kashun Doro Shimeketele Bosima La Abuzondo Kishemeke Lobosima Gadula The hands that have started this project shall finish it and it shall be with shouts of grace 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 that you are the one who has accomplished it we commit this building into your hands your word says except the lord build the house he that builds buildeth in vain i declare that for every block that is laid let your angels lead ten more. For every bag of cement that is bought, let your angels supply ten more. Let the windows of heaven be opened. Let the courtesies of the Holy Ghost send supplies. Now I declare in the realm of the Spirit, send helpers. I pray that they will be there and people will deliver bags of cement, trips of sand. They know not who. Let your angels send supply. Let the ravens bring bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. Let the brook never run dry. Let them find gold in the mouth of fishes. Let the supply be multiplied. Like two fish and five loaves fed five thousand. Bazuke aluba simaka gizulaba. I declare, I declare that before they know they have a need, let there be already abundant supply. Before they know they have a need, before the next stage of the project, let there be supply waiting. Koroshi makaluba siyaka tolobo simaka zumberiyakota. I pray for everybody in this church, home and abroad, whose hand is in this project, that you also build them homes. I pray for 
Prophet Armstrong's heart. Let it not fail. Let it grow stronger. Give him the anointing of Caleb. Who grows stronger in his old age than in his youth. Ah! I thank you for more cathedrals. Kaluba Sima Katola. I see many more cathedrals and church buildings. I see many more cathedrals and church buildings. This is one of many. Kaloba, by the anointing, it is accomplished with great ease in Jesus' name. Thank you for this testimony. Amen. Amen. Amen.